Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Are you talking to a part of yourself or a spiritual being, <laughs> Sarah? No. What's going on with you guys? You got shit all over your heads. Oh, cats is gone. Moose has got some bow. Moose, that's very you. It's very you. I think it's you if you were in The Handmaid's Tale. Oh my gosh. Speaking of, I saw some women walk into an establishment this week who looked like they were in The Handmaid's Tale and I wanted to rescue them. I didn't know what was going on. Was it Halloween? Let me think. <laughs> no, it was after Halloween. Yeah, I, I would want to rescue them too. Did you uh, take a really long pan of your eyes kind of half blinking and full of tears? <laughs> you cannot stand that. It is it is a bit much. Let's talk about that. But <laughs> a bit much. What is her name again? Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, of course. Elizabeth Moss. They, they have these like sort of soap opera... Um, long stairs that happen. Oh, if you're a patron, you get to see Cat do it. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's Hold good. On. Wait, I wait, wait. Go- not too drunk. Not too drunk. Wait, I need a photo, so just keep doing it. Yeah, that's good. Okay, hold on. Yep. Okay, got it. Thank you. Very nice. Oh my gosh, that photo I took of you being Elizabeth Moss is fantastic, by the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Hey, Kat. Hey, Moose. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Sarah, do you have something to share with us? I do. I need to um, I need to share my screen really quick because this made me so happy. Oh, yeah. Read it to us. Okay. So Daniel Peterson uh, at Peter Sender, P-I-E-T-E-R-S-E-N-D-E-R, uh, has this uh, post says Biquette the goat sold to an abattoir after she stopped producing milk was rescued by punks and then spent 10 years watching grindcore bands she could come and go as she pleased and in the words of her rescuers escaped death lived punk an absolute legend <laughs> so uh, do you see this goat just went to, to punk shows wow <laughs> okay <laughs> This is why there's all kinds of people in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank God. So yeah. here's the difference between you and me is I would have stopped at Baquette the Goat. Yeah. Sold <laughs> to an abattoir because I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> right. Okay. Not to worry. I, I don't, I haven't looked up Baquette, but an abattoir, abattoir is a British for a slaughterhouse. Oh, goodness. Okay, okay. This is making so much more sense to me now. Mm-hmm. So basically, this is like a good news story where the goat escapes death, but then has yeah. to listen to punk. And Biquette means baby goat. How Aww. cute. Biquette the goat was sold to an abattoir after she stopped producing milk, but was rescued by punks and then spent 10 years watching grindcore bands. She could come and go as she pleased, and in the words of her rescuers, escaped death, lived punk. Absolute legend. I mean, that's a whole new meaning to the goat. (laughs) It really does. I am so happy when anyone 
rescues anyone who wants to be rescued. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And she seems pleased. She freaking loves being at those shows. She likes punk rock. Uh, make she sure does. you send me that photo okay, so I can post I it for I'm going to. our listeners. Um, a big thing is happening this week, Kat. It, a big thing is happening this week. What? There is going to be a full lunar eclipse. Oh, whoa. But on your birthday. On my birthday. Oh, what? Also on election day. Cool. Uh, Y'all get out there and vote. Hey, by the time you listen to this, you should have voted. (laughs) (laughs) So no shame, guys, if you if you didn't, but you should have. And that sounds like shame. Okay, back to you, Kat. Tell us about the eclipse. (laughs) Well, I learned that this is the second lunar eclipse, I believe, of uh, 2022. And it is the last full lunar eclipse Mm. that we will see for the next three years. And I learned today from reading about like the meaning of um, a total lunar eclipse that this is a very spiritual opportunity for us to uh, consider because um, when the sun and the earth and the moon are exactly aligned in order to create this eclipse, which means the shadow of the earth covers the moon and keeps the sun um, from illuminating the moon, it gives us the opportunity to look at some of our shadow sides or our shadow behaviors. Mm. And supposedly with the moon being a part of the tides of the emotions, it gives us the opportunity to let go of things that no longer serve us. And it gives us the opportunity to know that we are getting cosmic support from the universe for really radical change over the next three months. Oh, great. I am here for all of that. Me Me too. too. Why the next three months? Because of the season? I don't know. Something I read was just saying that like the effects of an eclipse, um, astrologically and cosmically as it pertains to the emotional tides of our being um, that that effect lasts up to three months. I don't know why. I think that's interesting because that's what 90 days, right? And it takes 90 days to, to what, I don't know if it's fully break a habit, but I know that it can take 90 days for your brain to rewrite things. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's change and there's new things, there's all, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot in that that we can explore. There's a lot in that. And I'm going to embrace it as best I can. And the thing that that I noticed about myself when I was reading about this is um, whenever it would talk about um, changes and letting go, um, I noticed within myself, I was like, what's going on in my body when I hear those words? And I automatically think that it means somebody's going to die. Hmm. Really? Mm. Yeah. And mm. and I I certainly hope that is not true. I hope that that nobody that I love and care about is going to die in this time. And um and, and it's also interesting to me that it's like that's what immediately comes to my mind. And it made me think about um these classes that I'm taking um by Linda Ty. She's amazing. And um she's talked about how when trauma happens to us, our nervous system responds faster than our consciousness. 
And if the nervous system has experienced a trauma, the body remembers, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. that book, the body keeps the score. Like we've all, we've talked about that a million times. Mm -hmm. And I think for me that um, recently I flew to San Francisco for a work thing. And the last time that I flew into and was traveling around San Francisco, um, for work is when my dad passed away. Oh yeah, that's right. And so to me, it's like, I I felt like when I read those words, I was like, change is a coming and it may be hard. And I was like, Oh my gosh, people are going to die. And I'm like, well, my nervous system remembers that from over 20 years ago now, or almost 20 years ago now. Um, and I just, I don't know. I found that really fascinating. And I invited my nervous system and my brain and all of my neural pathways to begin to create a new new groove in my nervous system to go, Hey, when you think change is coming, that doesn't also have to equal somebody is going to die. So I'm going to name and claim that in this season. I think that's awesome that you recognize that because often those things are so automatic that then it just creates dread Mm -hmm. and you know, we can't, we just get stuck in that spiral I had a similar situation this week. I text a friend who has had a very tough year and, um, and just said, Hey, I just want you to know you're on my heart. You know, let me know how you're doing that sort of thing. And she wrote back and said, you're the fifth person that has sent me this in the past few days. Does that mean something bad is going to happen? And it was that same mentality Um, and I don't even say, I don't even want to say it's a mentality that even doesn't carry the weight of, of what we all have. It's more probably just fear of what is to come. And to me, it's like almost like a phenomenon, you know, it's like, wow, the body kind of seemingly magically does a thing. And then that just feels like it's imprinted on us seemingly for forever. And Mm -hmm. it reminds me of another thing that I learned in this class that I'm taking is that when we offer trauma informed support to people that we love, whether that's professionally or just like as friends, um, it is really wise to consider wondering what has happened to you. Not Mm -hmm. what is wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. Using my San Francisco analogy, it's like, God, what's wrong with me that every time I read a thing that says change is coming, I think people are going to die. God, what's wrong with me? And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, what if I reframed that question and said, what's happened to me? And that's what I did is Mm -hmm. I reframed that question and I said, what has happened to me? And I was able to literally go, oh, I have had a trauma experience in my life. You know, something has happened to me that was really painful. And and so there's nothing wrong with me. It's just informing me of why my body is in this kind of like um, Mm -hmm. kind of memory regurgitation, if you will. And I just thought that was the neatest thing. Well, I love that. What has happened to me? Because we often take on what has happened to us as our identity. Mm. And if we can separate those things that these were traumatic events and not who we are, like, I think that there's something very safe in that. Not only do we take on the traumatic events as our identity, but we also make it something that's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like you were saying, Kat, and it's not what's wrong. It's back to what happened. 
Yeah. And, and, and I also want to be really careful um, to be really honoring of this topic because the trauma that I have been through for me was really, really horrific. And the trauma I've been through in as far as extreme experiences is nothing like what, you know, our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine are going through right now or what people who are suffering with terminal illness are going through right now. So it, I, I don't at all mean to go like, oh my gosh, like my trauma is so big and look at all the grooves in my brain and maybe I can heal because it's not that easy um, for people to to respond and to heal from their trauma. And I do feel like um, for those of us that have the opportunity to do that work um, in a safe space, first of all, we are very blessed and very fortunate. And secondly, I um, also want to really honor those that, um, that are going through really, um, really terrible circumstances right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all relative too, you know? relative to our circumstance, our experience. Well, and I also don't think we have to compare our trauma either, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you guys what happened the other day. I went to pick up a prescription at the pharmacy and I'm in line. And this particular line that I'm sitting in always takes a good 30 minutes. So I put my car in park, like as I'm sitting there waiting And I'm like zoning out on social media. I answered a couple emails, but like I am in my phone. And like I looked up a couple times and I was like, oh, I need to scoot forward. These cars have moved forward. And so I scoot up, put my car in park, but I just was not paying much attention at all. And this woman asks me when I get to the window, um, who is the prescription for? And I was so out of it. I'm used to just giving them Uh, my birth date right and so I give them the birth date she's like no who is the prescription for and so I give her my name and then she says about two minutes later I'm back in my phone completely not paying attention she's like and what is the prescription and I'm not kidding you (laughs) I was reading an article on CNN about something you're about to find out what it is and I turn to her and I say fentanyl (laughs) oh my gosh that really happened. And so uh, she looked very shocked and I was incredibly embarrassed. I almost going, you know, we talk about going flight, f- flight or fight, fight or flight. What is it? Fight or flight, freeze or fawn. Thank you. And I almost put my car in drive and just got the hell out of there. Like I really <laughs> did. But I was like, I've already <laughs> given her my information. She knows who I am. Mm-hmm. So uh, then, you know, I, of course, told her what my prescription was, but I'm pretty sure that she might have put a little red flag next to my account. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm curious about, you know, that when you go to pick up prescriptions at wherever it is, you pick up prescriptions, that it's going to be a 30 minute wait. Have you considered utilizing the application called Capsule? Yeah, I've signed up for all of those at some point. (laughs) Do you have like a subscription? Do we have a sponsorship that you want to tell us about? We have a sponsorship. We do. Yeah, we're sponsored by so many amazing, cool brands and they give us zero money and zero Thanksgiving (laughs) for all of our accolades and and praise. Um, But no, I've really enjoyed using Capsule. Um, Basically, like you go in there and you sign up and it's totally free and um, it connects with all your doctor's offices 
offices that you you have to tell your doctor's offices, hey, I'm I'm using Capsule instead of Kroger, Walgreens, or CVS or whatever. And um, what they will do is they will have a running list of your prescriptions and when they are able to be refilled again. And you can refill them whenever the time is right. And they will bring them to your house the same day. And it's zero, zero service charge. And the prices are, are the same as mm. anything I have found elsewhere. And I have loved just having my prescriptions brought straight to my home. It's been amazing. That sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. I know Amazon has one too, but anything that requires more than three steps at a time <laughs> and then having to connect two different entities together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels hard sometimes. It's like forgetting your password on Netflix and you're mm-hmm. like, this is too hard. Does anyone have a DVD? Right. <laughs> That's awesome. And it makes me think of like, oh my gosh, like the plight of dealing with insurance in the United States. Like, oh my gosh, like I had to have a CT scan last week and <laughs> I forgot we were a medical podcast. <laughs> we're a medical podcast guys. Yes. Um, I had to have a CT scan last week and the doctor told me I, I was having a lot of pain in my lower right abdomen and the doctor was concerned that it was appendicitis. And this was on a Sunday afternoon. And she said, you either need to go in for this CT first thing Monday morning, or you need to go to the ER today. I need you to promise me you're going to do one of those. And I was like, well, I really don't want to go to the ER today. And I'm not in so much pain that like, I feel like I can't wait. And so she was like, okay, well, you're going to get a CT first thing Monday morning. And so right as I'm leaving my house Monday morning, I get a phone call from the CT place and they're like, yeah, your insurance doesn't cover you getting a CT scan at this location. So we're going to have to reschedule you at another location for next Monday. And I'm like, no, I I can't do this next Monday. Like I have to do this today. And they were like, oh, well, none of our 73.4 thousand locations across the state of Tennessee can possibly see you today. And so we can work you in tomorrow, but you've got to drive 23 miles away from the house and go park in a hospital parking lot that's terribly unmarked. And so then I go and I get the CT and everything is fine and everything is okay. And I get a call um, when I'm traveling last week at 10 o'clock at night from this doctor calling from my doctor's office. And he says, and this is a guy I've never dealt with. And he's like, Hey, Miss Davis, we just want you to know um, that your CT came back completely normal. Like, you know, how are you feeling? I was like, I feel fine. I feel frustrated that I had to go through this whole rigmarole or whatever. And he was like, well, take it as a win. You're totally fine. And I was like, great, thanks. And then the next day I got three phone calls from the same doctor's office, freaking out that I had not had my CT and that my insurance had not approved it yet. And I'm like, guys, like I actually went ahead and did it. Like I got Hmm. information or, or insurance approval two days ago. And I just thought like, okay, I'm a 40 something year old woman. And that was really confusing and really frustrating. Like what if I was 20 years older and having to deal with that crap? Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I remember I was just talking to a friend about this, having to be your own advocate and, yeah, nobody talks to anybody and <laughs> we sound like three old women sitting on a porch <laughs> on our rocking chairs, passing a cigarette down throughout the the chain, talking about all of our ailments. But uh-huh. it is a problem. Like healthcare is a problem. We know this, but 
it is so frustrating, especially when you're in dire need of healthcare and you're, you're basically told you have to wait or they won't even help you out. Right. And it's like, you're looking me in the eye, knowing that my appendix is potentially about to explode and go septic in my body. And you're going to tell me that because of paperwork, I can't get this procedure. Like, ah, that's so frustrating. I, I think it's very odd that we didn't know that was going on in your life. Mm. <laughs> what, why are you not talking? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what to say. Well, you could text. Hey guys, I'm having severe pain in my right thigh. (laughs) Send me some good love. (laughs) Apparently I felt the need to handle this all on my own because I didn't really tell anybody I was going through it. And now I feel fine. So I don't know what the heck that was about. You probably had, you had a little, had a little corn in your colon needed to pass through that's all it was yep i just hadn't passed my old corn on the cob so you were talking about something completely different when i went into that whole entire story about medicine and going to the pharmacy and do you remember what you were talking about no but i do have something else to share okay okay so i have had three ketamine sessions thus far Mm -hmm. wow and it has been incredible. Uh, the, especially the, the last two situations were really special. And it's hard to explain it if you don't go through it. But it, the one thing I'll say is it helps you see a different perspective of life where there isn't fear and there isn't... Um, doesn't feel like there's pain. And that's my experience. I'm sure people have had bad experiences with ketamine too. But anyway, all that to say, I came out of the second experience. Um, and I did this one in a doctor's office. Um, and I said to my doctor afterwards, I said, I want everyone to be able to feel that. Mm. And, and here's the thing is like, yes, some people could say, well, that's the medicine. And it's like, okay, yeah, actually the medicine is the vehicle to get you where I went. But, and yes, it only lasts for an hour or so and all of those things. But something happens in those sessions where like, I I mean, here's what I would love. I would love for anyone who has any kind of suicidal tendencies to have an experience like that. Because there's something about that experience that lifts you above um, all of the pain and the fear and the hopelessness and helps you Mm. see how you're connected to the world um, in in a different way. All of that to say, I came out of that situation. I was like, everybody's got to experience this. And then my last um, session I did via a doctor, but I did it at home. Um, So the doctor was on video with me. Um, And that was an incredible experience too. It was a little bit different. But Mm. um, one of the things I said was, I can't open my eyes wide enough. Um, that was something that had been written down for me and it was just, it was incredible. Right. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about is my doctor, who is this awesome spiritual being. Um, and when I say spiritual, I mean, spiritual, um, not necessarily related to a religion. And I don't know a lot about her except my experience with her, but, um, 
she she'll often remind me of the following phrase she'll say this is your birthright and that word i have realized is a bit triggering for me hmm. um and i and I, I think and so all that to say i want to know what she's saying i want to know what does birthright mean to you because for some reason it's triggering it is in the bible for what it's worth but there is this idea in in like evangelical spaces where people will say oh that is your birthright which means like you deserve that because of fill in the blank right and in some of those situations it was kind of a patriarchal sort of situation where the first kid had the birthright, the first kid that was born, first male that was born, let me say. So anyway, I didn't know if you guys had any other perspectives on it. Like we are a dictionary podcast. So I did look up what the actual uh, definition of birthright is. And it says a right, a privilege or possession to which a person is entitled by birth. And I think she's saying all of those things that you're experiencing that that beauty and that feeling loved and all of those things like that is really what we're meant to be connected to mm. is that what she means <laughs> <laughs> i really think you should ask her next time you talk to her i'd rather just talk about her and okay. see if you guys can yeah that'd be good okay um well i want to start with first are you in love with this practitioner no i i have broken all of my love affairs off i am strictly um strictly their <laughs> patients okay okay awesome um and then, and then i guess my my answer to your question is that like I've always understood birthright through a biblical lens as well. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like, I think that that's really quite beautiful. Um, and, and basically like the, you know, the Christian perspective is, and I'm, I'm going to really simplify it, but the Christian perspective is like, Hey, you're a child of God's and therefore you deserve the inheritance of heaven. Like you deserve what is God and, and what is of God and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that for us mortal humans, that's really hard to receive um, because of all of the stuff that we've gone through in our lives. Even if our lives have been amazing and we had perfect, wonderful childhoods, it's still hard to believe that I actually deserve the beauty of the autumn leaves I see in the tree outside my window. Yeah. It's hard for me to believe that I get to look into the gorgeous sunset that I got to see last night outside. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, that just mm -hmm. seems like, wow, mm -hmm. I'm not worthy of that. And so I think to be told that that sensation is your birthright, like, first of all, I think that's true. And secondly, I think it's cool that she sang it to you when you are in a state of kind of coming out of this, this particular treatment, because my understanding although it might be elementary, is that basically these kinds of treatments similar with psilocybin and, and things like that basically bring the subconscious to the conscious. I think so. Yeah. And this one in particular disassociates you so that you can go there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like in, in some of the, the, 
training of the um, modality that I'm training in right now, that is a part of that modality is that you, you, your body is encouraged into almost like a trance like state so that images and thoughts from the subconscious can elevate themselves to the consciousness. And then you can process those or not, not process them in real time, but you can, you can consider them in that state so that when you come back to your quote unquote normal state of mind, it's kind of like, Ooh, there's been an opening of my mind, an opening yes. of my, of my understanding, you know? And um, mm-hmm. so I think it's really cool that she posed that to you when you were um, in the process of, of kind of coming in and out of that state. Like, how did it sit with you? Hmm. Well, it really struck me because like I said, the first my first nature was like, what's that word feels dirty to me or something. <laughs> Not dirty, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but then, but it meant something to me. And so that's why I've been holding on to it and thinking through it. Um, and it feels true. It does feel true. Like, Oh, It's not so much that I deserve, like the word deserve is always loaded for me because there are people who deserve things that don't have the opportunity to have them. So I I don't love that word, but the idea, I liked what you said of the worthiness of it, you know, like, yes, not only do I get to go to that place when I choose to have a ketamine session, but I can Mm. also go to that place without the medicine and feel that same love and that same right mm-hmm. that same connection to the whole world that's really mm. beautiful and that to me moose like like hearing that from the outside like that sounds like progress does it feel like progress yeah it does and i um i'll say this my and i i'm afraid to say it cuz it feels a little like oh but what if it's not true i feel like the fog is lifting for me and i'm not saying it's all ketamine um because, you know, the, this has been a long process <laughs> mm-hmm. that is going to be ongoing. But I do feel a little bit like the the heaviness of the fog is lifting. Mm, that's cool. Are you willing to are you willing to hear um, some reflections on what I've witnessed in this season for you? Sure. I mean, Moose, like you have come up with a name for your business you have enlisted the support of an artist who you deeply respect an artist and a poet um to basically design your logo for your business and you have seen that business achieve great successes you have moved i think four times that i can think of since you started your business and you own a wonderful, beautiful home. You have gone through much, much, much transformational therapy in different kinds of modalities. And you have started a new career in coaching people. And you have been on the journey of weight loss. You've been on um, a journey of experiencing the most beautiful things in life and also the most grievous things in the death of your mom. Like Mm. you have been through so much in this past season. And to say that at this point in time that the fog may be lifting, talk about feeling like someone deserves something. You've been Mm. doing the work, man. Yeah. 
Thank you. That means a lot to me. Man, you've been doing the work, Moose. Thank you. I appreciate that, Kat. <clears throat> I really do. Sarah said something similar yesterday and was just like, it's all working, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's nice to have people who've been there along the way to be like, oh. And here's the reality. If I was going to write a f- <clears throat> book, I would write one saying, healing takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> because it does like I am an Enneagram 8 I like for progress to happen fast I like for things to finish and not just start yeah you know and that is not the way any of this works Mm. and it sucks sometimes because you're like at what point is it going to get easier you know like it's like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. seriously at what point is it going to get easier and that doesn't necessarily mean in all areas there's areas of my life I would rank at like a 10 out of 10 most times but then Mm. like my mental health will be like at a 4 you know and it's like okay how do I find balance here Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it takes freaking time or maybe I'm just impatient well I mean it does take time and then you know that cliche that time heals you know like I was I was talking with my mom today um, and we were talking about how um, when I used to leave her house when I was a younger adult, every time I would leave her house to come back to Nashville, I would cry. And um, and we were talking about that. And, and she was saying that I don't really know that that happens anymore. And I said, well, it does happen. It, it happens about eight miles after I leave your house. You know, and I said, time is a really hard thing. Like, like time is really hard because it like it it has the opportunity to callous us and to kind of withdraw from being vulnerable to our emotions and to withdraw mm-hmm. from any of the pain that, that life can bring. And also time does heal, too. You know, it's a really weird um, it's a really weird balance and sometimes just feels like a sick joke. Yeah. You know, it's like, golly. And and it just makes me ask God and my community and and anybody and everything that supports me. It's like, please help me to see and enjoy the joyful times because there Mm -hmm. are those two. There are a lot of absolutely. Like three of us got to play cards yesterday, sitting around your table. And I I just was reflecting this morning on how that was like the funnest thing I have done in like (laughs) a long time. And it was just really, really great. Mm -hmm. And I was reminding myself, like, soak that up. Like that was really, really enjoyable. And don't let like all the difficulties of life just totally eclipse that, you know? Completely agree. Um, I want to see... Kat, I know Sarah and I are a little bit more safety based than you are, but um, I'm curious what you guys think about this quote. Uh, it's it ties into what you're talking about. It says this is from um, Gabor Mate. He's the guy who wrote the book recently, The Myth of Normal, and he also has the book When the Body Says No. Um, but this quote is: "Safety is not the absence of threat; it is the presence of connection." Mm-hmm. Yes. So good. And it reminds me a lot of, um, there was a quote, I'm not going to get it right, but let me give it a shot. Um, there's a quote around addiction. When I first, uh, 
quit drinking. Um, and it was something about same idea is that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And same idea. So again, I'll say this again. It says safety is not the absence of threat. It is the presence of connection. That's it's so Mm -hmm. cool to hear you say that Moose. I love how it seems to just be true throughout the course of, of our lives as friends that we're learning and studying like parallel things. Like one of the things that Linda Ty said this week in my last class, she's when it comes to recovering from addiction, it's not about willpower. It's about environmental support. I totally Mm. believe that. And again, it's like, it's talking about like, like it's about connection. It's like, there's something about us needing one another that is absolutely vital, not only in our survival, but also in our healing. Wow. That's good. And this is a healing podcast. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're a medical dictionary healing podcast. Okay. So, okay. I was so inspired when we were playing cards yesterday. Um, Sarah was telling me that um, you guys had made a determination that it was time to decorate for the holidays. And I was so excited last night. I got a picture from you guys um, and it was a beautiful picture of your living room with the stockings hung on the mantle with care (laughs) and the Christmas tree in the background. And I remember last time I saw the Christmas tree at your house, there were two little kittens that were popping their little heads um, from in between the little Christmas packages under the tree, Archie and Montana. And when I was there yesterday, they're big, beautiful adult kitties. And I just wanted you to know that you guys decorating from the holidays inspired me so much that my Christmas tree is up. You put your Christmas tree up today. Yeah, Yeah, you did. Okay. So we have to get back to your birthday, but I want to stay on this for a minute. Because since your birthday is so early in November, by the way, your birthday is on election day. We said November 8th, happy birthday, because by the time this comes out, we will have been hung over. Just kidding. Happy birthday. (laughs) But have you ever had your Christmas tree up on your birthday? I don't think I have. Maybe my mom has, because my mom is like the year round Christmas celebrator, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to say that, like, I've never had that happen in my own home where I choose when the decorations go up. No, I have not had my Christmas tree up um, on my birthday. And I feel so delighted that I get to enjoy this for almost yeah. two months. I know. Yes. Right. I mean, here's the deal is like, those decorations are so beautiful and so magical. My favorite thing to do in the morning is when it's still dark out, turn on the fireplace, get a cup Mm. of coffee and just stare at it and be like, how beautiful and magical does this feel right now? And now we get to do it for two full months, you guys. Yeah. And and another beautiful thing that um, I was made aware of today is that what a beautiful, dare I say, yin yang thing that we decided (laughs) to decorate for Christmas right on the heels of falling back and coming out of daylight savings time. Yes. Oh. So now it's like 
almost four o'clock in the afternoon and it's almost dark outside. That to me is miserably depressing. Like it makes me so sad. And it's always the weekend before my birthday, which just pisses me off. (laughs) And then my birthday's on election day, which even double pisses me off because everybody's Mm. worried about politics and not celebrating cat. (laughs) It's like now what I get to do is I get to cleverly set my timer so that when I get up in the morning and it's pitch black and have my coffee, I can walk downstairs and just see the tweets, Christmas lights. And it's like, oh, that's such a good feeling, isn't it, Moose? It It is is a good feeling. And I'm thinking I love stockings. Like stockings are more important to me than gifts because as a kid, going through your stocking and finding all of those little fun things is like so exciting. So I was going to present this idea to the three of us and see what we think. Every time we go to each other's houses between now and Christmas, we put something in each other's stocking. It doesn't have to be something of value. It just—it could be like the green something. jar that my sister gave me one time for Christmas. But yep. I think it would be hilarious on Christmas to open up and be like, what crazy bastard put this in my stocking? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I will 100% sign up for that and I will begin my collection today. Okay, great. (laughs) Send us your pictures, listeners. If you have put up your Christmas stuff early too, or if you hate us for doing it, don't send us anything. But if you do have Christmas pictures already, send us an email at hello at catandmoosepodcast.com. Or you can leave us a message and tell us about it at one eight six six K A T M O O five. And I'm curious, while you guys were decorating for Christmas, is there any chance that you partook of mimosas? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think there were mimosas. How did you know that? Well, I didn't know that, but as is the absolute... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Synchronicity of Cat Moose and producer Sarah, because there's always this beautiful trifecta of magicalness going on with us. I just magically knew it. And I saw a thing on TikTok that I thought was one of the best things that I've ever seen. And it was the modern day recipe for a mimosa. Can I tell you about it? Oh, please do. So basically what this woman does is she fills up her glass with champagne and the glass okay. is is almost fully full of champagne. And then she pulls up a spray bottle filled with orange juice and gives it two sprays. <laughs> <laughs> I love this person. For yes, what it's worth. Me too. I've I've sent her a message and asked her to become my new friend. <laughs> Great. Just a <laughs> Orange juice. I have to tell you, I I don't know, Kat, if you sent this or if a listener sent this, but I was so moved last week when I Mm. received this in the mail. Did you send that? Kat! What is it? It's, okay, for those of you who listen every week, we love you. For those of you who don't, you should. Um, I had my license plate on the back of my e-bike stolen um, yeah. or blown off by wind. We never solved that mystery. Um, but Kat sent me, it was, it's a Hawaii, it looks just like the one I had. Oh, does it? Yes. It, it's almost identical to it. So, And it says moose on it. So thank you, Kat. I literally didn't know 
I thought it was either you or so some cool. other kind soul out in our podcast verse. <laughs> yeah, when you when you told that story, um, first of all, I had to spend a little bit of time after that recording of the podcast just being so grateful that you guys were okay because that that dealing with the the weight of the bikes on the back of your RV and fishtailing and swerving on a road that's normally really busy, like I just. I, I just was so, so grateful for Sarah's skill and knowing how to drive that beast mm-hmm. and take care of all of that. And then on top of that, like the trauma of like having your license plates taken, it's like, that sucks, yeah. you know? Oh, and I on. thought, I don't know how to replace Sarah's like legit well, I was going to ask if you could just go ahead and file for that for us as well. <laughs> I mean, it feels like you've got this sort of heart of compassion happening now. And as mentioned before... <laughs> More than three steps are really are where I stop these days, uh, uh, especially when it comes to things that involve the government. So don't worry, guys. My IRS payments are happening. <laughs> Have no fear. <laughs> but uh, if, if, yeah, if you just feel, I mean, you are taking some of her Amazon packages to the UPS. You I are. <laughs> yeah, I, I am the you. Amazon courier of the week. <laughs> Thank you. We should take turns and just like do a round and pick up everybody's Amazon stuff that needs to be returned. Yeah. Yeah, Will you please come to the Nashville County clerk or the Nashville city clerk with me and renew Sarah's (laughs) license plate. My mom has a a personalized license plate for her Jeep. And, um, and I have the Jeep in my name because it makes sense from a business perspective and, and blah, blah, blah. And because we have new tags in Nashville now, um, unless I go down to the clerk and I take them all kinds of paperwork and show them my mom's fingerprints and, Mercy. them in her used plate and all this kind of stuff. I can't get another personalized plate for her Jeez. without going through like all these hoops. So I just told her today, I was like, mom, you're going to get a generic plate and we're going to personalize it afterwards because having to deal with that kind of stuff in the yeah. government is like literally like trying to peel off the top layer of your skin. Oh, mercy. <laughs> I just pictured you Man. when you said you had to bring your mom's fingerprints. I just pictured you had sawed her arm off and <laughs> flopped it up onto the desk when they asked you for it. You're like, here's her fingerprints. <laughs> just like a, a thud on Here the desk. It is. And then I take it back to her. Here you go, mom. You yeah. And then she just on. connects it back on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my sick brain. You're welcome. <laughs> Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Production.